0: Welcome to Rams Up, your weekly L.A. Rams podcast, bi-weekly during the season. We are a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll cover other SoCal sports items of interest, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Well, 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 Ram fans. Les need has done it again. Screw those draft picks. The Rams bolster their D, trading a second and third round pick to the Broncos for one of the elite pass rushers of this century, Von Miller. Miller will join a defense that already includes the best defender, perhaps in the history of the National Football League, and arguably the best cornerback in the game right now, and a host of other very good defenders, Miller partnering up with Leonard Floyd and Terrell Lewis, this will be a crazy, formidable defense. Everyone's saying the Rams are all in for the Super Bowl this year. Hey, you know what? They're all in every year. That's what I love about this leadership. I love about Les Snead and Sean McVeigh. This isn't about just this year. It's not just this Von Miller trade. It was the trade to get Jalen Ramsey. It was bringing in Dante Fowler. It was bringing in Leonard Floyd, Matthew Stafford, and now Von Miller. Gotta love it if you're a Rams fan. And as you know, draft picks, you can keep them. You can have them. And the Rams actually still have plenty of them. We will talk about that in a minute. We're also going to get to the preview of that Titans game present our game picks, and as promised, we'll visit with the Lakers. But first, but first, we got to talk about this trade and the addition of edge rusher Vaughn Miller. Thought it would be prudent to review Vaughn Miller's resume, and if you have two or three hours, I'll do that. No, I'll actually just give you the Reader's Digest version. It's pretty impressive. He's a 6'3", 250-pound outside linebacker, edge rusher, he was a two-time first-team All-American at Texas A&M and a two-time first-team All-Big 12. He had 33 sacks in college, and he went second in the 2011 NFL Draft to the Denver Broncos, and he was the NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2011. 2015, he was a Super Bowl MVP as the Broncos beat the Panthers 24-10. to He had two and a half sacks in that game. He's a three-time first-team All-Pro, four-time second-team All-Pro, and an eight-time Pro Bowler. He's won the Butkus Award in college and as a Pro, and he was a unanimous pick to the NFL's All-Decade 2010 team. And, of course, he's in that 100-sack club. His current stats, 142 tackles for a loss. That's second since 2011. 225 quarterback hits, third since 2011, and 110.5 sacks, the most since 2011. And this is all while missing the 2020 season, by the way. He has 26 force fumbles. He's the third fastest player to reach 50 sacks behind Derek Thomas and Reggie White. Pretty renowned guys, both Hall of Famers. Let's just say it. He's the premier pass rusher in the NFL over the last 10 years, without a doubt. Now, a valid concern. He's 32 years old. Is there going to be a drop-off? Well, if you're putting this guy next to A.D. and with Leonard Floyd in the mix, I think we're going to see the same type of production that Denver Bronco fans were used to. He's also a big locker room guy, been a team captain, very respected. Loved by the city of Denver. Loved by his teammates. He also has that pass rush summit that he leads where he shares his knowledge with other young edge rushers in the league. And he also has a charitable foundation he's formed, Vaughn's Vision Foundation, where he provides eye care for low-income children. So he's got his head and his heart in the right place. He's just a total class act. So what exactly does this mean for the Rams moving forward? Well, they're going to pair Von Miller with Aaron Donald on that defensive line. These are going to be two guys that combined have 201 sacks, Throw in Leonard Floyd, his career 35 and a half sacks, and he's ninth in the league this year with six and a half sacks. And the Rams, by the way, already lead the league in sacks with 25 and are fifth with 107 quarterback pressures and throw in Miller's four and a half sacks this year and 25 pressures, adding that to this mix, this defensive line is going to be really, really good. You look at a rotation of Von Miller and Leonard Floyd and Terrell Lewis, who has been playing extremely well. The hot men out may be O'Go. Terrell Lewis doesn't seem to mind adding Von Miller. He tweeted, the rich get richer, so he's not bothered by it. And by the way, Greg Gaines and Sebastian Joseph Day are both playing really well as well. Ashan Robinson's also there. The Rams are really stout on this defensive line. Actually, they were before. And actually, I have to say, I didn't really see edge Rusher as a position of need. But hey, we'll take him, especially when we get to the playoffs. I'll talk about that in a minute. And remember at the end of last year, we lost Michael Brockers and Morgan Fox and a lot of these so-called experts were saying, hey, this was going to be a point of weakness for the Rams. It hasn't been a point of weakness even without Von Miller. And now we're adding this guy. So obviously what they're going to be doing is throwing Floyd and Miller at opposing quarterbacks, wreaking havoc. Justin Hollins, when he comes back, Sean McVeigh has hinted that he will actually flex to the inside to help out there. He's very versatile. Not sure what Oko's role will be moving forward, but he's a good player. We'll be providing depth. Hey, offensive lines, go ahead. Triple team Aaron Donald when Leonard Floyd and Von Miller are on the field together. Have fun with that. So yeah, this this Rams defense just got a whole lot scarier. And like I said, I didn't see this as a position of need. The Rams are already leading the NFL in sacks with 25. Leonard Floyd is playing his butt off. Could be a Pro Bowl year for him. But think about the playoffs. You know, we cannot afford to allow Kyler Murray to extend plays, to allow Tom Brady to sit in the pocket for four seconds, to allow Dak Prescott to do his magic, and Aaron Rodgers, him extending plays and just killing us with these throws from all different platforms. The kryptonite for all four of those guys is Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, and Aaron Donald. That's why the Rams are making this move. And a lot of people are going to say, hey, way too pricey, a lot of draft capital, second and third round pick. The financial aspect is actually in the Rams' favor because they will only be paying $700,000 of Miller's $9 million salary. That was part of the trade agreement. And that may be why the Rams had to pay a second and a third to make this happen because the Broncos are picking up that much of the salary. But the draft capital, you know, I used to love, back in those Jeff Fisher days, watching that draft, The Rams would have a couple picks in the first round, five picks in the first three rounds. Well, it did get us some good players, but overall, this idea that having this many picks stocked up every year is a good thing, as opposed to having guys like Matthew Stafford and Jalen Ramsey on your team, and now Vaughn Miller. I don't know, man. I like these studs. I like having these studs. You know what they can do have no doubt in your mind that these guys can go out and perform at an extremely high level. And by the way, nothing really enrages me more than this ongoing talk on various forums and by even some experts about the Rams having no draft picks. They got nothing. Well, what they don't understand is, aside from the two picks the Rams have left next year, They're in line to get three comp picks, the max three picks. But they're also getting a fourth comp pick due to the Brad Holmes hire by the Lions. So right now, I feel pretty confident they're going to have six picks next year. And they will manipulate that, maneuver around the draft, and end up with seven or eight draft picks. And of those seven or eight draft picks, they'll pick up a fourth or fifth round guy, who's better than some teams' first-round picks, because that's the way the NFL draft works. They'll get themselves another Jordan Fuller, another Sebastian Joseph Day, and the Rams will be just fine. As someone stated on Twitter, and I'll keep this clean, I appreciate the Rams' strategy of, we're in L.A., what the do we need draft picks for? That point being, you now have a marquee franchise that's obviously in for the win, in for the Super Bowl every year. There will be free agents blocking to the Rams. The Rams will continue to make smart trades for proven players. They'll be fine giving up these draft picks. And let everybody think we have none left. We'll try to educate them as we go every year over and over and over again. People are bewildered that we have any draft picks. All we can do is try to educate them. And when we're done trying to educate them, have a good laugh at their expense. We'll be back with some other news relating to last week's game, update you on some roster moves, and then we'll get to that Titan preview, our game picks, and our visit with the Lakers. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed, Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's take a quick look back at that Texan game, some stats filtering in, and then we'll have some roster talk. Pro football focus grades from that game, Aaron Donald, a 91.1, Brian Allen, perhaps his best game yet, a 90.1, and Greg Gaines, 88.2. Remember that screenplay that the Lions beat us on for the touchdown, the screenplay to DeAndre Swift? The Texans ran pretty much the exact same play. Greg Gaines made the play, recognized it, scooted out to the right side, and assisted on the tackle. So Gaines had a great game. Also had a half a sack, by the way. According to NFL Next Gen Stats, Gaines had the highest pass rush win rate of any defensive tackle last week. Leonard Floyd, 87.3. Stafford, 84.2. Cup 78.3. I can't believe he's ever below 85. Some of the Ram bottom feeders, according to Pro Football Focus, Troy Reeder, Nick Scott, J.J. Hughes, Austin Corbett, Kendall Blanton, and David Edwards. Blanton, by the way, scored high in pass blocking, not so much in run blocking. Joseph Noboom, Ben Skowernick, and Ernest Jones all graded out fairly well. Three guys that had the step in and get the job done for the Rams. There has been a lot of roster movement over this past week. Two wide receivers are gone. Deshaun Jackson released. Tutu Atwell moves to injured reserve. And they've moved J.J. Kosky, the wide receiver, from the practice squad to the active roster. Kosky out of Cal Poly can return punts. He's just a good all-around athlete. Fun fact. He guarded Lonzo Ball in the 2015 state championship basketball game between Chino Hills and San Ramon Valley. And Sean McVeigh has also said that we should think of Jacob Harris as a wide receiver, and he should be listed as a wide receiver. So two wide receivers gone, and two sort of kind of added. The Rams have also released defensive tackle Jonah Williams. That was a bit of a surprise. And they have put Treven Howard on short-term IR. Howard has been replaced by Christian Roseboom. Remember, he was in Rams camp this summer. When he was cut, he opted to go to the Kansas City Chiefs practice squad. The Rams have poached him and signed him, so he will be the linebacker providing depth behind Troy Reader and Ernest Jones. And, of course, they also added Von Miller in the trade. Darius Williams has been put in the activation window, and McVay expects him to play, and the Rams have signed Warren Jackson to the practice squad. He's a six-foot, six-inch wide receiver out of Colorado State. McVay also has said that Robert Woods, Andrew Whitworth, Sebastian Joseph Day, Vaughn Miller, and Matthew Stafford are all banged up, but he expects them to play along with Darius Williams. So a lot of movement on this roster just in the last week. Before we get to that Ram-Titan game, only one more thing I wanted to mention. This Aaron Rodgers thing is really strange. He said he was vaccinated, or at least suggested he was without really saying so. And he behaves as if he's vaccinated. He doesn't follow the unvaccinated player rules. And then we find out he tests positive and actually was never vaccinated. So this really raises a concern about, well, heck, is he going to get suspended? It seems like he should. Well, it really bothered me about it. And don't get me wrong. I've always loved Aaron Rodgers as a person and a player. I have no issues with him. But he was calling out the Packers for not doing the things necessary to make that team better. And then he's walking around the sideline and in training camp, unvaccinated and unmasked, flaunting the rules and really putting his team at risk. And sure enough, he's going to be out this week against the Chiefs. That's going to really hurt their chances of winning that game. And I don't know how the rules work regarding this, but I would think a suspension is in order. But that's all I'm going to say about that. Next up, our Ram Titan preview. When I gamble, I'm always looking for a way to get an edge. But at MyBookie, they double your first deposit. So you start with a leg up. Use my promo code RAMSUP. Sign up now. claim your first deposit bonus with MyBookie and use the extra funds to kickstart your winning season. This weekend, lay the points with Arizona as they continue streaking in San Francisco. This weekend, lay the points with Arizona as they continue streaking in San Francisco. And with two top 10 offenses and the Titans and Rams going toe-to-toe on Sunday night, you can safely smash the over at MyBookie. Don't just take my word for it. Head to my bookie and sign up now using promo code RAMSUP to get your money doubled and start winning today. Remember, good friends don't let friends win alone. So have your buddies use your referral link so you're eligible to receive an additional 250% bonus on your first deposit. Plus, it's unlimited to redeem, so all of your friends can join the party at MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, with MyBookie. Let's take a look at these Tennessee Titans. What did they do last year? Well, they were 13-3, won the AFC South, lost in the divisional round 24-10 to the Baltimore Ravens. But now keep in mind, this was all with Derrick Henry and his 2,027 regular season yards. He had 937 this year already. Coached by Mike Vrabel, the old Patriot linebacker. The Rams lead this series 8-5, Last time they played in 2017, the Rams won 27-23. Jared Goff threw for 301 yards and four TDs. It's kind of interesting whenever I do these game previews how often Jared Goff and 300 yards pops up. Just saying. Significant games. That's pretty easy. The 1999 Super Bowl. Greatest show on turf. 23. Titans 16. Isaac Bruce makes the catch, Mike Jones makes the tackle, and the Rams have their first Super Bowl championship. Oz awesome, in this game opened up at 6, last I saw up to 7.5. This is probably more due to the Derrick Henry injury than the Von Miller trade, but nonetheless, it's creeping up and it may continue to creep up. This will be a Sunday evening game at SoFi Stadium. What have the Titans done this year? Well, they opened up by getting hammered by the cards. Then they beat Seattle in overtime. They beat the Colts. They lost to the Jets in overtime. That that probably could be characterized as a trap game after beating their divisional rivals, Indianapolis, and then losing to the New York Jets. Since then, they've won four straight. They've beat the Jags, Bills, and Chiefs, and then knocking off the Colts again this time in overtime. So they've played three overtime games, beating Seattle and the Colts losing to the Jets. Key players on offense, Derrick Henry, well at least it used to be. He'll be replaced by Adrian Peterson and a few backups. Quarterback Ryan Tannehill gets the job done. Don't underestimate him. Two receivers, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. A.J. Brown is emerging as one of the best wide receivers in the league. Big dude, very powerful. He's very tough for some cornerbacks to handle, and he could be one of the keys to this game. And two offensive linemen of note, Roger Saffold and Taylor Lewan. Saffold, the old first-round draft pick of the Rams. On defense, they got the old Steeler linebacker Bud Dupree and another old buddy of ours, cornerback Janoris Jenkins. Draft picks of note this year, Caleb Farley, the cornerback. He's on IR. And offensive guard, Dylan Reduns. He's starting now. He should be a good one. So what are our fearsome four keys to the game? Well, fearsome key number one was going to be all about Derrick Henry. I still think the Rams have to deal with this Titans running game. The Titans are going to have to try to find a way to run the ball if they're going to win this game. They can't just have Tannehill dropping back and chucking the ball. Whoever is getting the ball in that Titan backfield is going to have to get the job done if the Titans are going to have a chance. So the Rams have to clamp down on that. They can't just assume Titans are not going to be able to run the ball. So without Henry, who do the Rams have to shut down? Well, Jeremy McNichols, five nine two zero five, only has seven rushes for 38 yards this year. They signed Adrian Peterson originally to the practice squad They will likely elevate him for action on Sunday night. He played all 16 games for the Lions last year, rushing for 604 yards and 7 TDs. He has nearly 15,000 yards in his career. He's not the same running back that we knew 10 years ago. However, he's Adrian Peterson. He's certainly fresh. I expect he will get the majority of the carries. They also have a couple other guys, but I expect it will be... Peterson and McNichols. The Titans are going to be committed to running the ball and the Rams have to figure that out while at the same time dealing with fearsome key number two, A.J. Brown. Who's going to cover A.J. Brown? Are they going to have Jalen play in the star position? I don't know if we have a cornerback that can handle A.J. aside from Jalen. It's kind of pick your poison Do you have Jalen in the star position? Stopping the pass first may mean Jalen Ramsey dedicating his evening to stopping A.J. Brown. We'll have to see how the Rams deal with that. Rams need to do what they can to limit both of them, that running game and A.J. Fearsome key number three. I think the Rams are clearly the better team with Derrick Henry out of this game. They cannot afford any major blunders, especially on special teams. I know I'm sounding like a broken record, but this continues to be a concern, and it continues to be a way... ...hasn't really cost us a game yet, but we better figure it out, or eventually it will. Here's some key number four, really just red zone efficiency. Let's get a couple of touchdowns when we get the chance. If we get down to the 20-25... 4th and 3, kick the field goal. If we get inside the 15, get the touchdown. Just convert our red zone opportunities, and that means long field goals if necessary. Don't take unnecessary risks. Don't give the Titans any hope. What's my prediction? My original prediction was going to be the Rams 24, the Titans 20. I'm going to bump it up a little bit. Rams 27, Titans 20, the Titans are a good team without Derrick Henry. They're well-coached. They got veteran leadership. They're going to bring the fight to the Rams, and they're going to make it a game. So I'm going with Rams 27, Titans 20. It'll be a closer game than you think. The Rams will emerge as the better team, though, and improve to 8-1. and one. So as you all know, we like to cover all SoCal sports when appropriate, and I think it's time we talked a little bit about the Lakers. Probably should have done that a week or two ago prior to the season, but too much going on, too much good Ram stuff to talk about. I think now would be a good time, though. So let's check in on the Lakers. Refresher from last year: they went forty-two and twenty, finished seventh in the West, won that playing game against the Warriors and then lost to the Suns in six games and were eliminated. Back is Coach Frank Vogel. Back is LeBron James. Back is Anthony Davis. And back are Dwight Howard and Talon Horton Tucker. As far as the roster goes, that's it. Everybody else is new. Dennis Schrader's gone. Kyle Kuzma. Cantavius Caldwell-Pope. Everybody else. All gone. And we have pretty much a brand new roster, except for those four guys, LeBron, A.D., Dwight Howard, and Talon Horton Tucker. So who are the newcomers on this roster? 37-year-old Carmelo Anthony still has a beautiful shot. Defensive liability, though. Trevor Ariza, he's out for probably two to three months. 36-year-old forward. They call him a 3-and-D guy. Great three-point shooter, excellent defender. Kent Brazemore, Avery Bradley, Wayne Ellington. DeAndre Jordan's on this team. He's 33 years old. Malik Muk, who will be one of their three-point shooters. Kendrick Nunn, versatile guard. Austin Reeves, we'll talk about him a little bit more. 35-year-old Rajon Rondo is back on this roster. He was with the Clippers last year. And 32-year-old Russell Westbrook. One of the most dynamic players to ever play in the NBA out of UCLA. Seems like an odd fit, but we'll try to explain that in a second. So what should our expectations for the Lakers be? They're going to make the playoffs. And the seed is really not that important in my opinion. But they need to enter the playoffs with LeBron and AD healthy. And in a recent past, that has not happened but that's where Russell Westbrook can really help. I would think that Russell would be the guy that comes in when LeBron and AD are out. He can be the guy that when the Lakers have back-to-back games, he can come in for one of them and carry the team on his back, do what Russell Westbrook does. Now, he's a bit of a roller coaster. There's going to be games like the other night, where he does not come through, and he kind of plays terrible, but then there's other games where he can just carry the team on his back and put a couple games in the win column while a D and LeBron maybe aren't available, maybe don't put in as many minutes as they usually would for whatever reason. That will be Russell Westbrook time so While we can embrace Russell Westbrook and the roller coaster aspect of his production of his performances, we need A.D. to step up. He needs to be a monster on the court. He needs to be the Lakers' Greek freak. We need 30 and 15 from him on a regular basis. He needs to be consistent. He just has to be the best guy on the court. And not just once in a while, all the time. I mean, the Lakers can survive the Russell Westbrook roller coaster, but A.D. has to be the express train not the Amtrak from Union Station to San Diego with a bunch of stops on the way. He's got to light it up consistently. He needs to control the game, and he has to stay healthy. Now, the start of the season has been a little uneven. Fans are already freaking out, especially after that bad loss to the Thunder being up 26 points. In the last 25 years previous to that Wednesday night game in Oklahoma City, the Lakers were 230 and 0, went up by 25 points in a game. Not anymore. That was a pretty bad performance, and a lot of it goes on Russell's shoulders. And it was a weird game. Uh, the Lakers came out of a timeout down three late in that game. Come out of a timeout where some of these better coaches in the league are drawing up fantastic plays. What do they do? No movement. Russell launches a three, and that's not even his game. They also had Carmelo in on defense needing a stop and with a timeout in their pocket. So they give up the points, call the timeout. So Carmelo shouldn't have been in there in the first place. They're going to call timeout, right? Have him out, get the stop, call the timeout, put him back in. Standard operating procedure with most NBA teams when you have a defensive liability like Carmelo what I'm getting at here is I'm not totally convinced Frank Vogel is the guy. It was really odd to see that. It was not very reassuring. So bottom line, get to the playoffs, fourth or fifth seed most likely. Get healthy and go win a championship. But they're going to need AD to be the guy. And before fans get too freaked out, you got to also remember this. With this many new guys on the roster, it's going to take a while for the Lakers to figure out what works and what doesn't, what combinations work, what lineups work. That's going to be weeks, if not a couple of months, before they have that nailed down. But there are some things to be excited about player-wise. A lot of new guys. Malik Monk. He will be a big-time contributor, especially behind the three-point arc. Kendrick Nunn, very versatile scoring guard. He can be the guy when he's on the court, but he doesn't have to be. He can play off the ball. Good shooter. He's basically what they hoped a Dennis Schrader was going to be last year. He looks very promising. Trevor Ariza, the 3 and D guy I mentioned already, he's out for a while, but that could be a good thing. He's going to come back probably after the first of the year sometime and be fresh and ready to spell some of these other guys and put in some good minutes. Very athletic. Always loved him. Another UCLA guy, by the way. And there's one other guy I want to mention. Austin Reeves. They're already calling him Hillbilly Kobe. Gotta love it. An undrafted free agent out of Oklahoma. Great ball handler. This is a great example of the Lakers kind of doing what Les need does. Finding these guys that nobody else is willing to give a chance. And next thing you know, they're putting in good minutes, producing, contributing to wins. And Austin Reeves, already a fan favorite. You're going to love him if you haven't seen him yet. But there are some things to worry about. Number one is AD's availability. uh, Kind of hammering the psalm. He needs to be healthy. And until we see it, we're going to have to be worried about it. He spends way too much time on the ground for a big man. I don't know what the answer is, but we just need to cross our fingers, hope he stays healthy, hope he stays on his two feet more than he has in the past, and hope that he dominates like it's obvious he can. Other than that, the age of this team is a concern. A lot of older players. Dwight Howard, Russell Westbrook, LeBron, Carmelo, Rondo, Ariza. Rondo is actually half coach, half player. The guy is so smart. His experience and his knowledge of the game is going to be really helpful, whether he's on the court or not. I can't expect all of them to last this full season without some kind of hiccups health-wise. So that's a concern. But if this team can get to the playoffs and keep LeBron and AD healthy, they're going to have a good shot at winning the championship. I'm not saying they're going to, but don't count them out. It's all about the health. Don't worry about the wins and losses this time of the year. Just get to that fourth or fifth or sixth seed even. Be healthy and make a great playoff run. That's all we can hope for. That's my scoop on the Lakers. We'll check in on them once in a while. I think when the Rams have that bye week, that'll be a good chance. Got to keep up with these other Los Angeles teams. Dodgers are done. Lakers are getting started. It would be sweet if the Rams could win the Super Bowl and the Lakers take home the NBA title. Both very good possibilities at this point. It's all about the health. It's all about those two guys staying healthy and being ready to go for the playoffs. Let's get caught up on my Rams Up straight-up game picks. Last week, I went 8-5, as did Lorenzo Reyes and Mike Florio. Pete Prisco went 7-6. So I pick up a game on Pete. We are both at 74 correct picks this year. Lorenzo and Mike are both ahead of us, but didn't lose any ground to them. Mike has 78 correct picks, and Lorenzo has 81. I had a bad week. Otherwise, my survivor pick, I took the Chargers over the Patriots, and a couple people let me know that was not wise, and they were correct. Chargers just have their hands full with the Patriots. I thought things would change with Brandon Staley. Not so. So I take my first strike in my two-strike Survivor League. And my bet I also took the Chargers to cover. And well, we know how that went. So I'm now even on my betting picks. As far as this week's games, Jets at Colts. I'm taking the Colts to bounce back from that Heartbreaking loss to the Titans. Patriots at Panthers. I'm going to take the Patriots. They seem to be figuring it out. Getting slowly better with their new young quarterback. Raiders at Giants. They can be a tough out. I think the Raiders are going to win this game on the road. Browns at Bengals. Man, both teams lost last week. This is a really important game. I think the Bengals will come out on top. I don't think Odell Beckham Sr.'s comments about Baker Mayfield are going to help in that locker room. Bills at Jags, that's probably going to be a consensus pick across the board for everybody. Bills will win that. Falcons at Saints. Falcons at Saints, I think there's a big edge in the quarterback play between those two teams with Winston out, but I'm going to take the Saints at home. Vikings at Ravens, I'm going to take the Ravens to figure that one out. Broncos at Cowboys. I'm thinking Dak will be back. I'll take the Cowboys. Texans at Dolphins. This one could be closer than you think. The Dolphins, man, Brian Flores, he's got to be on the hot seat, right? I think his team will win this one, though. Chargers at Eagles. The Eagles beat the Lions. How much stock do we put in that? I mean, they hammered them, right? And the Chargers really looked off against the Patriots. Patriots do that to a lot of teams, though. I'll take the Chargers. Packers at Chiefs. Well, marquee game. Chiefs are still struggling, barely beat the Giants. Packers are hitting on all cylinders. Now Aaron Rodgers is out with a positive COVID test, so I'll take the Chiefs. Cardinals at Niners. Cardinals seem to have the Niners number, and the Niners have yet to win at home this season. I think that'll continue. I'll take the Cardinals. Titans at Rams. Man, really disappointed that Henry's out. Uh, It's good for the Rams, but take some of the luster off of this game. I'll take the Rams. Bears at Steelers on Monday night. I'll take the Steelers. Low scoring game. Steelers will find a way to win. My survivor pick this week. Well, after taking a strike last week, took a little bit of a risk. I should have just taken the Rams. I'm taking the Bills over the Jags. That should be as safe as it gets. Famous last words. And I'm going to take the Raiders to cover against the Giants. Giants are getting three. I think the Raiders will win by more than that. To be honest with you, looking at all these games and all these odds, I probably wouldn't make a bet on any of them. But this is the one that strikes me as possibly the best value. So I'll take the Raiders to cover minus three versus the Giants. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach out to us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at laramsup.com. And please don't forget, subscribe and give us that five-star rating. We really appreciate it. And don't forget, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library, Crimson Fly by Humma, Humma.